We would like to advise that the following program may contain adult themes, occasional nudity, and language that may offend some listeners. Thank God it's... Welcome to the Lindley Evans Music Studio at the ABC and Ultimo for Thank God It's Friday. I'm Richard Glover and this week with the music, it's Amanda Jane Pritchard. Please welcome her. And our panel, Wendy Harmer, Rebecca De Unamuno and Tahir. And our audience this week, drawn from Gunnedah, Tamworth, Mossvale, Orange, Byron Bay and Browlee. First... As always, here is the news from nowhere. It's the end of the financial year tomorrow, uh, tax time, so I've been getting out my receipts, only to find that nearly all of them have faded, so you cannot actually read them and therefore cannot claim them. Why is this so? Why do stationery shops, I'm not mentioning Officeworks in particular, but it was Officeworks, print their receipts on heat-sensitive paper that lasts right up until the moment you're trying to do your tax? Are they working for Scott Morrison? Are they getting a cut? Of course, once you get into the mood of asking questions, there is no end to it. So see if you can answer any of these. Why does the electric jug never fit under the tap in the motel bathroom? Why are scissors always sold in plastic packets that require opening? (laughs) With a pair of scissors. If you had a pair of scissors. If fish oil makes you smart, how come fish aren't brainier? Why do the people dressed in gym clothes show least evidence of ever having attended a gym? Why do people use the word ironically? when it is, ironically, nearly always the wrong word. (laughs) Oddly, they usually mean oddly, which you could describe as an irony, except it's not! (laughs) Why do people use the word literally as an intensifier, my head literally exploded, when it is so much the wrong word, I want to melt into a puddle of rage, but not literally? By which law of physics do computer cables hanging untouched behind a desk instantly form themselves into a tightly tangled knot? Why are they called occasional tables? What are they the rest of the time? Why is it called a toothbrush and not a teeth brush since it's used on several teeth at once? Why is there no synonym for synonym? Why is the word onomatopoeic not onomatopoeic? Why is there only one competition commission? Why are they called pants with an S when there's only one of them? And finally, why do they put... This is the only one I really care about except for the receipt. Why do they put the leaf tea on the bottom shelf of the supermarket when only... The only people who buy leaf tea are my age and have the most trouble bending over to get it. (laughs) And that's the news from nowhere. Uh, we have Wendy Harmer, Rebecca De Unamuno, and Tahir. Welcome. Welcome. Why do they call why do they call airports terminal? Yeah. (laughs) Because you're trying to get somewhere. Well, you might not get there if that word comes correct. <laughs> Is it literally terminal? I'm not... <laughs> That's right. Uh, now, who gave us 
cause to rue the day we fell in love with soccer. Oh, he has surely got to start with this one. No, I don't like soccer at all. What? <laughs> oh. I'm a rugby league AFL cricket man, Wendy, but... Yeah. Um, uh, look, well, yeah, this is you know what the out World of respect Cup. for Actually, my Beck is the real soccer. I am, yeah. the, I am the. It's it's not soccer, ladies and gentlemen. It's football. Thank All you right. very much. It's the real football because, funnily enough, you use your feet to play it, um, <laughs> unlike some other ones. Uh, this is about the, the Socceroos and uh, and how they've copped a lot of backlash for not making it through to the round of sixteen, the final round, and. Just to qualify, we were talking about this earlier yeah. in the week, and just to qualify for the World Cup is an extraordinary effort. And it's only the people who are the bandwagon jumper honorers that have an issue with the bandwagon stopping at a stop prior to their destination. You see, those of us who watch and support the Socceroos for 12 months of a year, we think they've done a good job. But wasn't it annoying? Like the, the le- yes, exactly. The letters, the letters page of the Sydney Morning Herald this week had about ten letters in the in a row saying, "Whoa, those socceroos! They're so idiotic." And, he, and, he, and I could tell everyone in Sydney was shouting at the newspaper, "Okay, William Smith of Bondi, why don't you have a go?" Absolutely, and <laughs> then, you know, and, and you get a coach. I mean, let's face mm. it. I was an Ange Postecoglou fan. I don't know about anybody else. I loved him. I loved him. I had a bit of a crush, and uh, his style of play was fantastic. It was attacking. You know, the forward, the the, the offense was extraordinary. Bert, good old Bert, I'm going to call him Bert and Ernie, that's what I'm calling him. Bert and Ernie, his tactic is to just sit back, defend and hope for the best. Now, when your coach is guiding a team whose natural style of play, which is Australia's style of play, is to attack, Timmy Kale, point of reference, why do you think he wasn't on the field? Because he went against what Bert yeah, wanted. Why didn't we have more Timmy time? Why don't we have more Timmy time? And as a fan of Sydney FC, I've just got to say, I was devastated to hear that Graham Arnold would no longer be coaching Sydney FC because he's taken on the national team. But guess what? We're going to attack again, aren't we? And Sydney FC will go, see, we were winners for several seasons and Australia will make it through yeah, next you time. You know, listen, Dalt, listen, listen, listen. <laughs> I, you know, like soccer. And there's only a few things wrong with the game as far as I can see. (laughs) Now, you see, people watching soccer get incredibly frustrated. There are too few goals, okay? That's what drives people mad. So I'd suggest, this is just a tip, Dom. Okay. Why don't we just get away from the teeny tiny net, put in some uprights and a crossbar? (laughs) (laughs) Then, obviously, the constant kicking, 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 hitting the ball with your head gets tedious. So I just, well... Let people pick up the ball and run with it. <laughs> but, but here's the genius. Not run forwards. You have to pass the ball backwards, you see. That's what I'd be doing. And then um, I'd allow players to actually tackle each other because that would solve the whole diving proposition. You'd have two refs, of course. Uh, there are not enough players on the ground, so I'd increase the players from, say, 11 to 13. Okay. That's what I'd do there. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd probably shape... You know, maybe just sort of, you know, change the shape, shape of the ball from... You know, round yeah. to a bit more oval. Yeah. And, um, and change the shape, the shape of the players' necks. No, I, I was going to say, and just, just lessen and the IQ You know what, though? Then we would play Peru and we would absolutely flog them pointless <laughs> because they wouldn't be able to keep up. You agree with me to him? Uh, well, I do. We could win the World Cup for yeah, sure, sure if we those sure rules could. were like that. <laughs> and um, out of respect for my mate Rebecca, I'm not Thank gonna, you. I'm not going to discuss <laughs> Panama at all. Please um, do. I'm not even going to go there. Uh, but uh, on a few things I'm going to have to disagree because I don't know why we get our hopes so high for because we've won the World Cup in the AFL. Yeah. We're the only team that plays. 
Yes, sir. That, but don't worry about that, right? I tell you, watching the World Cup, Richard, the one position really, really gives me the poops, the goalkeeper. Yeah. Uh, this person, you have to be a prima donna to play this position, yeah. right? Oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm only, the, only the only one allowed to touch the ball. Yeah. And when they get the ball, they look like they're going to do something really creative. Yeah. They've only got two options, pass or kick, right? <laughs> but they're going, oh. What these people are just really, really, I can't say I'm watching them. And Rebecca. Yes. <laughs> in all honesty, should we really be there? Right, you, you, whoa, I know, oh, but no, no. What should are you we saying, Tahir, here that we should oh, go back to our own code and that we're not welcome? <laughs> well, do you remember, the, I remember the good old days when Australia couldn't qualify, it was too hard, it was too hard, we couldn't qualify, but then they said, you know what, we'll change the rules, we'll make it easier, you have to beat the team coming fifth in South America. We tried that, too hard again, right, <laughs> they said, okay, okay, they said, we'll change the rules again. You have to beat all the teams in the Southern Hemisphere, which sounds impressive, but it's just New Zealand. <laughs> and Christmas Island. They don't play soccer. Right? And we're in. And yeah. we're in. Uh, who has been taxing the patience of his colleagues after a captain's call on tax this week? Oh, I don't know. What a terrible, terrible day at the office when Pauline Hanson can accuse you of crumpling like a cheap suit. It's not... <laughs> It's not good, is it, really? No, it isn't good. Okay, this is Bill, Bill Shorten, right? <laughs> Bill Shorten. Obviously, you know, he, he was going to take the tax off the small companies, you know, under, what was it, um, 10? Between 10 million? and 50, he said, they've had a tax cut. And he then, said, no, he'll and take and it then back. Then yeah. Wendy, can I, can I yeah. clear it up? Can I just yeah. clear up? Do, For those do, who do. don't understand what's this going on. This is our economics editor, Tahir. Yeah. <laughs> Let me clear things up, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Labor backed a tax cut for small business for turnover under $2 million, but opposed it for business with a turnover over $50 million. They'll also repeal already legislated cuts for business whose turnover was between $10 and $50 million. For business with turnover of between $2 million and $10 million, they've not decided. <laughs> That's just it. excellent. Thank yeah. you. And yes, except that was their policy four hours ago yeah. and it's now changed. They've also changed their mind on all of that. And crossing back to the newsroom. We have... <laughs> but, you know, look, there's only one thing in this entire tax debate which I think is you know, it's increasingly arcane. Uh, isn't it true to say we're all paying too much tax? Now, we wouldn't mind paying this much tax... But, you know, but there's always an if. We say, I wouldn't mind paying that amount of tax, if. And the if is I could get to work in under three hours and didn't have to promise someone a kidney to afford the road tolls. Is that right? (laughs) Or cough up a lung to afford my Opal card. That's what we always worry about. And they've got these weird battle lines that are now drawn. Apparently on the Liberal Party side it's aspiration and on the Labor Party side it's fairness. And I don't even get that, Richard. These are the worst battle line (laughs) slogans ever because... You can aspire to fairness, can't you? Or you can fairly aspire or you can just <laughs> expire and that's fair enough, I reckon. Especially if you go to the airport terminal. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon. I don't know about anybody else, but I've kind of lost track of who oh, I am. Am I, this, am I a lifter? Am I a, am I a leaner? Am I a battler? Am I, am I on Struggle Street or am I a burden? Am I from the big and the middle or the small end of town? Am I part of the problem or a part of the solution? You know what, I reckon, before the next election, we just should get a little card. We can tick one off. And um, so we know which side of politics who are treating us like idiots and... 
I think I'd tick all of the above, wouldn't you? <laughs> Which yeah, are politics are treating like idiots? Both. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. It, it, yeah. Uh, yeah, back? No, no, no. No, no, Continue. no. Uh, Continue. <laughs> I, I don't know about you, Wendy, but I'm not paying that much tax. Oh, really? Yeah, just cash jobs. <laughs> oh, no, these are jokes. Have you, you got a mate? No, that was a joke. We need our we we need our back fence rebuilt. Have you got a mate? Uh, yeah, no. yeah, of course, okay. of course. Sydney <laughs> office, Sydney just between us. So, so you're you're worried about the people whose turnover is between naught and one. Dollar. Yes, I'm I'm really concerned with that bottom level. And uh, I'm just I'm just really looking forward to because I, I always hear on the news when they say and it's it's it's. Great for families. We've got great tax savings for families. We've got great incentives for families. And I'm thinking, well, I'm a 40-plus-year-old single woman with no kids. When's I, when am I going to... It's a great day for single women over 40 with no responsibility. Yes, a great but, day. Yes, a great day. Doing just, cash jobs. But just, but just think of how much tax you're paying through chocolate and red wine, really. You know, really, you are she, contributing to the economy. She is a lifter, ladies and gentlemen. She I'm is a lifter. lifter. Uh, now, who, uh, who this week has bagged the supermarkets? Who has bagged the supermarkets? <laughs> Poor old Andrew Bolt. Oh, yeah. yes. We're all worried we about him. <laughs> we're all worried about him because he came... Didn't he come out and say that uh, there were... If we were to go to plastic bags, there would be a death toll involved because yes. certain people... Richard, fill us in on the stats okay, well, there. So, so the, the idea is that if you do the... The throwaway plastic bags, the ones that are yeah. banned, that's safer because if you use the ones that you use again and again, that E. coli mm-hmm. will sit in the end yeah. and that will kill you. And so he's got some dodgy medical study from the University of... of dodgy? Uh, I beg your the pardon. Uni- the University of Dodgy, which claims that five more people died in San Francisco after they got rid of the plastic bags. Richard, 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 I am with Andrew Bolt on this one. And I think... I've never I said would, that no. sentence in my life. <laughs> Really, Wendy. He's only highlighting one aspect of what's wrong with phasing out plastic bags and how dangerous the bags can be. I think what people here, and I include everyone here of a certain age, is conveniently forgetting, is if we go, what happens if we go back to non-plastic containers to bring home our shopping? Now, your plastic bag wasn't invented until 1965. They weren't in use in the 1970s. That's 40 years ago now. It's no wonder. People have forgotten the great string bag scandal of 54. <laughs> now, How many people died? Well, it wasn't people to hear. Listen to this. You remember those little string bags your nan used to keep in her handbag for the shopping? They were killers. Yeah. <laughs> killers. <laughs> Plastic bags may get into the waterways and kid the old dolphin, old dolphin or seabird, but string bags were responsible, and everyone's forgotten this, for strangling thousands upon thousands of kittens. Who got tangled up in those strings? Did they? they did. Save the kitten. No one mentions that, do they? No one ever mentions it. Then there's the great cardboard box conflagration of the same era. People, and I'm sure people of a certain age remember this. People used to store their cardboard boxes up at home, and then they just spontaneously combust. And in 1962, they burnt down half of Woi Woi. Yeah. You've forgotten that as well. Five, five deaths a year, five, you'd be lucky. And yeah. what about the great paper bag plague of 1970? You've forgotten that one too, I suppose. Remember those poor little schoolboys who used to pack your groceries? 
Paper cuts, people. Paper cuts. <laughs> it became guess, an epidemic. Guess. You probably don't remember that John Gorton had to bring in the army to take people's groceries home. <laughs> now, everyone has forgotten all this. So, You know the thing about string bags? I just had an image when you said that and I remembered my mum. My mum had one. But, you know, and you stuff them with, with so many groceries and then they bulge out the side, like out mm. the little holes. That's what my thighs look like when I wear fishnets. <laughs> <laughs> I just had that visual just then. Yeah, there is, there is a really nasty analogy there of five, five pounds of pork belly strunk stuffed into a three-kilo yeah, bag. That's like putting you know, a sausage in a stocking. Not, that's <laughs> but, you know, look, the thing is that Andrew Bolt, you know, it has brought to our attention, I think, there's the plastic bags of Save the Nation. I, for one, salute him and his cause. He's got, a, you, he's got a few good points. The, the thing with plastic bags, they say the plastic bag can take up to... 1,000 years to decompose. Yes. Right, that's, that's a fact. Yeah, yeah. Now, I lit one the other day, right? <laughs> Gone within seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Disappeared. <laughs> and, uh, Andrew Bolt takes 1,000 years to compose. <laughs> and I, I don't, these plastic bag issues, like, okay, we've got the eco-friendly bags, right, which I don't know about you, but are you collecting them like I am? Like, they're everywhere. Like we, I'm getting more and more now. I've got hundreds. Just, just today, Woolworths announced for the next 10 days there'll be free bags. I'm going to go and stock up even more, right? <laughs> what I'm are gonna... you doing with them all? Well, I forget. That's the thing. I go there. Oh, no, I've forgotten again. Let me buy another one, right? Yeah. And this is now, now I've got hundreds. They're everywhere, right? They're everywhere. Yeah. So is this more... I'm not sure what's worse for the environment, me collecting these bags, right? <laughs> and you get dumb questions too. You're at the checkout, Richard, right? There's, it's full of grocery items. Yeah. Now, the lady's going to look at you with all the grocery and say, would you like a bag? Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm going to eat some of the product now, <laughs> put some in my pocket, juggle the rest. I mean, I'm a bit... You stupid. could fill that beanie through, with beans. <laughs> fill the beanie. Stupid questions. I was... Uh, thinking of stupid questions. I was, for example, in a chemist the other day. I was working with a chemist. I had a headache. So I'm on a Panadol. This yeah. is a question I get. She goes, yeah. Panadol. She goes, um, would you like the rapid or the normal? I said, give me the normal. I'm enjoying this headache. <laughs> of course, give me the rapid. For the same price, Wendy. You know? no, no. I hear you. Did you did you get your did you get your Panadol rapid in a plastic bag? <laughs> and then I lit it up. Yeah. <laughs> Gone in seconds. We have Wendy Harmer, Rebecca De Unamuno and Tahir. Rebecca, Diana Muno, she's about to do the Wheel of Death. We also have Wendy Harmer. Uh, you know her children's books, Pearly? Well, there's a Pearly in the Park show that's been done by Marion Street Theatre and it's coming to kind of Wurunga, that part of Sydney, isn't it, in July? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, there's a, it's a lovely little um, theatre. Well, we know that the Marion Street Theatre just got the funding. Yeah. Isn't that a round yeah, of applause? Yeah. Marion Street Theatre for Young People just got their funding to, you know, reinstall the great art yeah. hub there. Um, and But the little play that they're doing, I went to see it the other day, a rehearsal. Oh, 20 young people doing the, you know, the play mm-hmm. that I've written for them and it's just fabulous. And so, uh, yeah, it's really right. heartwarming. I thought you were going to say, I saw the play, oh, 20 bucks 
<laughs> I did work experience yeah. at the Marion Street Theatre when I was in Year 10 in high school and I worked on a production of Rebecca with Nick Enright and June Salter and Jacqueline McKenzie in her very first role out of NIDA. There you wow. go. I love that theatre. I'm so Well, happy. you know, they've been, they've been homeless now for a, a long, you know, many long years and <laughs> so it looks like they're going to get their theatre back, which is, I think, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. All right, per- Pearly in the Park is a thing to, to Google and find out more about that in July. Now, on Drive this week, we were having a fascinating discussion of <laughs> E10 petrol versus uh, 91 versus 95, uh, in which various listeners, okay, they were all men, uh, were ringing up to share their calculations of what mileage you get from a tank under various road conditions averaged against the price and depending on which uh, sort of octane level you used on country roads versus city roads. Now, some listeners, okay, all of them female, said, said this was the most boring discussion they had ever heard. <laughs> Uh, which surely cannot be true. What are the discussions at, at barbecues, over the kitchen table, at work, that you rate as the most boring of all time to hear? I find uh, terrible, terrifying news boring because I don't actually believe it. You know, when they say, oh, there's a tsunami coming, Taliban uprising, North Korea firing rockets, the world is going to end. I find that boring, really. And I just, <laughs> uh, I'm going to switch over to Love Island. <laughs> <laughs> Worry about it? No, because at Love Island there's no problems at all. (laughs) Yet. (laughs) But what about if it's a meteorite heading for Love Island? Uh, I'll switch over to another program. (laughs) (laughs) I find fitness and and weight loss discussions like, how did you do it? Oh, what's the secret to weight loss? What is the secret to weight loss? Eat less. (laughs) It's just different forms of it, you know what I mean? And, And speaking of like, I never have discussion with my wife about food, like what are we having for dinner? We had never had that conversation. I've never put that sort of pressure. I find that quite boring. And also, when I, recently I had the flu a couple of weeks ago. I'm over it now, so you can you know, relax and... Um, kiss me. You can kiss me if you want, Wendy, later on. I'll uh, a plastic bag, maybe. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and we'll light her up and go... Anyway. <laughs> the whole thing, when you have a sore throat, right? Rebecca, like, as a performer, you know, like, yeah. you have a sore throat, and then people give you... The, the advice comes out of the woodwork, right? When you... Okay, you have a sore throat. The advice comes thick and fast. Have you tried ginger and honey? No, I never considered that at all, right? <laughs> or then everyone has a theory. Lemon, garlic, echinacea, olive leaf extract, warm water, lime, tree tree oil, hot shower, Vicks vapor drop, lozenges, rest, sleep, don't rest, don't sleep, stand up upside down, with your, with, rub your stomach, sing the national anthem. Nothing works, right? I just find that whole thing boring. They go what on about, and on about, and on so long. But by what the about nothing. Panadol Rapid? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't consider that. <laughs> Re- Rebecca, what, what are the... Oh, there there must feel, be something more to... I don't know. More... I just, I'm starting to feel a little bit... I don't know, because every topic of conversation that Tahir mentioned is what I talk about all the time. <laughs> I just don't know. I don't know. Weight loss and how to fix your voice. It's just... That's all I do talk about. Um, I find... Um, well, the Funny she is... can't get a date. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. And I'm trying to make a connection with the plastic bag burning in Tinder and I've yet to do it, but I will in a minute. Um, but my mum's story, it's not necessarily the topics necessarily. It's sometimes the way people tell stories, you know, when you're standing there and they go, oh, I'll tell you something, just just quickly, I'll tell you something. And then 40 minutes later, they haven't even told you what happened when they got out of the car. That's my, like my mum's kind of style of storytelling. Like she'll go, she'll go, oh, guess what happened the other day? I said, tell me, tell me, mum, what happened the other day? She'll go, well, I went down to Woolworths because I was going to go to Coles, but apparently at North Rocks now, they no longer have the Coles car park open at 5pm and it shuts at 3. So I thought to myself, no, 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 go to Coles, go to Coles because they've got things on. Did you know that they've got Echinacea now on special for 4 95 But anyway, that's beside the point. I went down to Coles and I said, and 
um, anyway, it was Coles. What you've, you've been? To, yes, you've been to that Coles, haven't? You? And like, this is how the story goes forever. <laughs> that kind of storytelling. And I've got to the point now. I love my mum dearly, and we have a great relationship. But I now just say to her, "Cut to the chase, Sue. Oh. Cut to the chase." And she does. She goes, "Oh yes, 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 yes. I know, I know, I know." She cuts to and the chase. And then she cuts to the chase. She says, "You're adopted." Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. You have a goes, I overfed you for a reason as a child. <laughs> now talk about losing weight. Um, I also anything to do with um, investment. Investing, anything to do with financial yeah. investment. Like people who are like, um, I think it's a bit of a cult, but people who are fans of the barefoot investor, <laughs> you know, and they, and they have to forward your emails a minute. It says, yeah, how to save, you know, and invest wisely. I go, I don't have any spare cash in my life to invest. Mm-hmm. I just find that, I switch off as soon as I hear about banking. And, uh, and anything really to do with, with cars in general. I don't drive. I don't have <laughs> one. I don't know how they work. I just know they get me from A to B, especially if you take the, uh, the freeway at 3 p.m. Because if you don't take the freeway at 3 p.m., it's doing to get, the traffic gets really congested. So it's best to go into getting the car. Sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> channeling my mum there. Channeling Sue. And also, and, and, and not having kids. I love my friends and their children. And don't get me wrong, but I really don't want to hear about their, you know, bowel movement they made this morning after being constipated for three weeks. <laughs> that kind of thing. I'm not really I agree with the cars. The cars is a big one. I get the cars a lot. Yeah. Oh, look at my car. Look at it. Oh, my God, look at my car. <laughs> I couldn't care less about your car. <laughs> I bought it for free grand, spent 50 grand on it. Good for you. Yay. <laughs> well, that brings me directly to the conversation I hate the most, and that's the one that goes, uh, and this is a particularly Sydney one. This is the one about the house you should have bought in 1980 for 25 grand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's now worth $4 million. Don't you love that one? Isn't that a classic? Let's not forget that this magnificent real estate offer wasn't recognised when you were just out of uni, unemployed and dating a deadbeat muse and running a hemp-weaving workshop in Balmain and you barely had the price of a flag and a rough red, let alone scraping together 25 grand for a terrace house with a view. There was no way you were going to buy that house. I want to just scream at people. <sighs> they were probably, you know, at the time, you were living in a share house and you just kicked out the aspiring trapeze artist and unicyclist <laughs> who was living under the stairs because he'd nicked the money out of the jar you were going to pay for with the electricity bill and used it to go to the Adelaide Fringe Festival. <laughs> there was no hope you were ever going to scrape together $25,000. It's always like, 25 grand, should have bought three of them. Yeah. <laughs> Conversation. Oh, there's a bit of a block up there on the east and north coast that we should have, you know, $10 million. Oh, stop it. Really. <laughs> It is a and people thing. used to drive up to the, up the coast, didn't they? It was yeah. A Sunday trip was you went up the coast with your, in the back seat with your parents and you'd go out and you'd go out yep. to some headland and you'd view the headland and there'd be little real estate agents and they're $10,000 and, and then your parents would talk about buying it for about three weeks and then they wouldn't. <laughs> see, see, this, see, that's that exactly the, see, that's exactly the conversation that you would bring up at a dinner party, isn't it? Because how many of those did you miss out on? Oh, and I'd also bring up the best way to drive to the North Coast because if you actually take, <laughs> take, right. take you take Pennant Hills Road, you take Pennant Hills Road, and then go the Commonara Parkway, uh, that is faster than going. You're, up. you're now channeling Jose. You're channeling my dad. <laughs> Are we ready for the Wheel of Death, ladies and gentlemen? Yes. The Wheel of Death. Each week when our lovely audience comes in, uh, they throw these random topics onto this chocolate wheel. Today's topics are detox, nasal hair, turmeric, kiwi, beanie, oh Canada, first date, dimple, 70th, cardigan, frailty, pasta, crochet and roadkill. 
You're a miserable lot. <laughs> <laughs> where, where, where did these come from? Uh, Rebecca's going to do it. Are there any, yeah. any that fill you full of fear? Oh, look, roadkill's always a funny topic. But what if you could ro- crochet yourself some yeah, roadkill? Round and round and round it goes where it stops. No one knows today's topic for Rebecca Dayuna Muno. Someone's put WD forty on this. It never yeah, stops. Yeah, stop. <laughs> come along. Come on. My nasal hair. Come on. Nasal hair. <laughs> I'm sitting very close to you, right? It is here. crochet. No, no. Crochet. Oh. Who's who's was crochet? crochet? Very good. Crochet. Oh, and crochet. can we just say what's your name? Glenda is crocheting in the audience as we speak. What are you making? Hey, you are too. (laughs) (laughs) She's making making a string string bag. bag. She really is. (laughs) Glenda. (laughs) Glenda, those things can kill. Keep it away from kittens. It's all right. And the string bag was in the plastic bag. Oh, my gosh, she just threw me. Did you just... Hang on a minute. Um, Glenda just threw me something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and so this is what you're making. You are yes. making. Oh my gosh! It's, it's a got crocheted a button on it. Crocheted purse. It's a crocheted <laughs> string bag that comes in a little pouch with a button. Oh, and then oh, you. Oh. oh. <laughs> well, it's, it's this a is a small little thing, but when you unfold wow. it, it becomes a large string bag. Hang on one second. I, I'm just going to put that on and give you an example, just a visual. I'm just well, gonna... he's got his beanie on, so I'm putting on this on you, yeah. Rebecca. Oh, thank and, you. Um, this, this won't inhibit my ability to do things. You'll be able to... You'll get all the swipes on Tinder when you're wearing this. Oh. It, it, it turns into a lo- rather lovely Parisian hat. <laughs> Thank you. you it's, OK, it's a bit visual for the radio. But it is very good. visual you for the radio. You look like a Renaissance princess. Do I? Yes, you, you do. do. That's why you good. need the book and come to the studio. I'm glad, because I feel I would, like a fool. I would have said scullery made myself, but there you go. <laughs> so if you all hang around for a couple of hours, everybody will get one. <laughs> Come and on. you can light them and they will not burn. That's the best thing. Glenda, is it? Fantastic. Um, I would like to give an insight uh, in a day in the life of Glenda uh, and, her, and her crocheting. You did it. I can't see. So I don't know what I look like. And her crocheting string bags. Here we go. <clears throat> it's a little poem that Glenda wrote. Thank you. Hello everyone, my name's not Brenda. No, 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 it's me, it's Glenda. (laughs) You see, I have a habit. I think it'll fit and it's not what you're thinking, though I don't like to knit. (laughs) I like to do my kind of creation in another kind of way. Yes, that's right, with wool I like to crochet. (laughs) And sometimes I go and I sit in a crowd and I sit with my crochet hooks because they're not too loud. (laughs) And I can crochet and crochet and not hear a thing that the performers are saying and then I'll throw them a bag and they'll pop it on their head. (laughs) It's moments like that, I wish I was dead. (laughs) A string bag is what I'm making, but it's one with a diff. You see, this is one, excuse me whilst I riff, it's a bag that is simply made and rolled into itself so you don't have to pop it upon the shelf. You can pop it in your bag, take it wherever you go. There's things that, Brenda, I really do know. Now, if you were interested in learning how to crochet, I'm taking workshops two hours a day. (laughs) The thing about it is it's $50 a pop. And we take all the proceeds, we're opening a shop. (laughs) Oh! um, Hang on. 
crocheted bag's now fallen over my face. <laughs> if I was to walk up to somebody, they'd probably mace me because I look like a criminal now with this thing. And, yes, I do rob banks. The only problem is I don't get away with it because the holes are so big they can see who I am. Damn, give up the jig. <laughs> and so there we go. Thanks for listening to Brenda. I hope I didn't alarm you. I didn't mean to offend you. But... Uh, <laughs> Everybody listen, say hip, hip, hooray. Let's celebrate the wonderful craft of crochet. How does she do it? (laughs) Rebecca, they you know, on the spot. Oh, Glenda. And Glenda is actually running workshops, as it happens. Yeah, but she only only accepts cash. (laughs) And, Glenda, do they come in different sizes? I mean, this is good for, like, one watermelon. (laughs) Yeah. But, um... Or one thigh. Which you can carry, ironically, by yourself. To hear hear will come as long as you accept cash. You understand that, don't you? He'll come for a workshop, yeah. That was fantastic. Beautiful. I don't know how I looked doing that. I've got got little bits of wool on my face. There we go. Lucky I'm not allergic. (laughs) You look sort of like a pineapple. Did I? Yeah, you did a bit. Oh, good. The string bag's a bit orange. It was very attractive. Anyway, swiping, swiping, swiping. In one of those. All right. See what happens. Swipe right. Uh, Now, the the local TV industry this week launched a campaign for its own survival, saying that we are about to lose Australian drama from our screens as people increasingly turn to streaming services like Netflix, which are not required to make Aussie drama. So what did you learn about life from watching TV shows made in Australia? Wendy Harmer. Well, you know, where do I begin? I learned that Humphrey Bear and most of us have no need of pants. You can wear your jaunty hat, you can wear your tie, your tartan vest, but pants are not required. Now, this gave me, from even my very early days, helped me with understanding Australian politics, quite frankly. You know, when Malcolm Fraser turned up in a towel in Memphis at a hotel in 1986 with no pants, everyone freaked, but I thought, big whoop, who cares, good enough for Humphrey B. Bear. That's a, that's a pass. I also learned how to operate a phone, tie knots, untie ropes, open doors, fight a bushfire, find lost children and almost fly a helicopter. And that was just from watching... Skippy. There you go, Skippy. <laughs> What's that, Skip? <laughs> An international jewel thief in Waratah National Park. Contact Interpol. <laughs> no worry, Skip. <laughs> Everybody remembers that. What did you learn? Uh, as we are in danger of losing Aussie drama, what did you learn from it, Tahir? <laughs> That was that very subtle, that, like, some of the differences. That's where you could listen. That's subtle, different to... <laughs> Did you pick up the subtle differences? Yeah. No, I didn't. The yeah. first means there's the, the yeah. smuggler oh, down at the creek. The second <laughs> oh, means there's a yeah, bushfire yeah. raging up the top. <laughs> did you, you tell, up, Wendy? Wendy? Oh, sorry. A bit slow off the mark there. My apologies. I'm still getting over the string bag, isn't it? <laughs> Of 1954. I can't believe... Do you I... know there is, there, there is a terrible rumour that... You know when Skippy points don't, like this? Don't, don't, yes, don't do no, it. No, I've got to. Don't do I've it. I've got to. Don't. I've got to. Don't. In the National there Film... There may and, be children. In the National <laughs> Film and Sound Archive, because he points a lot and yeah. there's just an arm on a stick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they true. to achieve that. So true. Oh, there's also terrible stories about they used multiple Skippies, didn't they? Because they Okay, became... you've broken our heart Yes, now. I know. Mm. Look, there's a lot of... There's people of a certain age here who believe in Skippy. 
And um, <laughs> you've just ruined it for us. Thanks a bunch. I can't believe I went, and you looked at me seriously and said, what are you saying? <laughs> I thought you'd be used to um, decoding what a skip say. Sure. Well, well, just on that, Wendy, I learnt, right, watching uh, TV shows about Australia, I learnt watching Neighbours and Home and Away, I learnt that in Australia, there are no ethnics. That's it. <laughs> yeah, quite right. Where are they? Nowhere. Um, well, I mean, were they ever going to include some idiot over the back burning plastic bags? No. Really? <laughs> I should have auditioned. And coming round to your house to say, oh, you know, ah, oh, you want your fence fixed? Yeah, I, I can do it cash for you. That's never going to be cash in home and away. <laughs> the plots would be a lot better. Um, <laughs> they would. Bananas to wear pyjamas, of course, we learnt that. And, and, oh, yeah, only in Australia, right, we would have a show called Hey, Hey, It's Saturday that goes to air on a Friday. <laughs> And a woman's weekly, which is monthly. Um, <laughs> Rebecca, what did you learn from? Oh, t- see, well, I had exactly that. I had Skippy and I had Home and Away and I had Neighbours. The thing is, I, with Home and Away, I learnt that um, it, it never rains uh, <laughs> in Summer Bay unless it's a season finale and then a typhoon hits. That's uh, pretty much how that runs. Uh, I also I also learnt uh, from Prisoner, I, I learnt, or Cell Block H, depending where you're from, I learnt that uh, it's amazing. The walls in a prison can move if you lean on them. Uh, I, was, I never realised. That it's very must be easy to escape. Oh, we already knew that from watching Homicide, girl. <laughs> and then from Blue Healers, I learnt never trust a country town. The crime rates are horrendous, <laughs> absolutely horrendous. How many things went wrong in that small country town? Imagine if you'd emigrated from Midsummer, no, Midsummer Murders <laughs> to Australia and landed and there. landed there. That'd be shocking. That'd be terrible. What was the name of the Blue Healers town? I can't remember what it was called now. Lost, lost it. Someone will know. Someone Where was Blue Healers? What was the name of the town? Thomas. Mount Thomas. Oh, hello. There's Tinder. Not Mount um, Drew. Pick your part. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Thought it was an instruction, not a town. Oh, dear idea. <laughs> That's shocking. Uh, don't give. Don't clap her yes, for that. Clap, clap. Don't. Now, All right, I will. T- teachers around the state have been writing up their uh, mid-year report cards to tell students how they're going. What did yours say and was it better in the old days when teachers were allowed to be much more frank about a student's limitations? <laughs> to here. My report card would say, delightful student, <laughs> very entertaining, conscientious worker. Um, there's another situation... Where, where, but a report card where that word conscientious is used, it just means the teacher can't think of anything else and your child is quite boring. Um, <laughs> Try but this, this is quite close to my heart because, as you know, I was a former English drama teacher, high school teacher. I, my last school was James Basby High School. And when I first started teaching, uh, obviously I don't do it anymore. I'm a successful international comedy sensation. <laughs> of course. Uh, Thank you. That's his report card on himself. <laughs> that was, I'm reading from my report card now. Um, when I first started, like, it, was, it was handwritten. The reports were actually handwritten. Yeah. You had to actually think and, and write it and think about all your students. And then just as I was finishing, uh, before I left for comedy and acting full-time, it was actually a bank of comments. We just clicked on these comments and just think, <laughs> oh, that one, I'll take that one. And no, right, it was incredible. Now, of course, we should be honest about the students' limitations. My son has ADD. No, he doesn't. When we went to school, there was no such thing as ADD. They were simply idiots. (laughs) Or too close? What's going on? (laughs) I was there. I was there. (laughs) 
Oh, you're not, you're not going to like this next comment then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what do you think about my daughter's future? Oh, your delinquent ratbag daughter? Here's a poll. Tell her to go to practice. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't oh. say that. I was thinking of... Thank you, madam. I appreciate that. <laughs> these, oh, you can't hurt the kids' feelings. There's a, that's the whole thing. There's no winners and losers these days. Everyone gets a participation certificate. What's this wrong? <laughs> we should be honest on those parent-teacher reports. That's what I mean. They, they were brutal, weren't they? But, the, the yeah. improved... So how did you actually leave teaching to hear? <laughs> did I was say it I... a petition where you drummed out of the thing? Was there a court case? <laughs> When what did, did actually I, happened? Wendy, did I say leave? I, I meant kicked out. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, of course, <laughs> I'll never forget the report card that I got that said, it is absolutely verbatim, Wendy talks too much in class <laughs> and should pay more attention, which is obviously... The manager, ABC Radio <laughs> Sydney. <laughs> yeah, obviously, yeah. No, not, not a lot has changed. And that would be fair enough, but the report was written by my own father. Oh. Oh. Shocking. Because your, da- your, dad, your dad was a teacher, yeah. My dad was a teacher and I had him as my teacher for a few years oh. and he wrote that report card about me. I, got the, I had the worst of it. I had the worst of it. My father was a teacher and my mother was a nurse. And now, if you can imagine that, so my dad's hassling over here, and then I fall over in the playground. I go home and think me thinking my arms for half falling off, and my mother's saying, "On a scale of one to ten, how would you describe the pain? Would you say it was throbbing, or would you say it was burning, or would you say, oh, you know, an ache?" And then, you know, we never, uh, we didn't have soap. We only ha- ever had Hibiclens, Richard. And, you know, uh, all the kids had to use it at my birthday parties when I was a kid. We never had diarrhoea. We just had soft stools. <laughs> she used to administer fluids. Other mum, it was called flat lemonade, you know. So no, I, had the, <laughs> I had the teacher and the nurse. Life was hell, I tell oh, you. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Hell. But you, your father couldn't have said, I'm going to tell the parents on you if you've missed Well, yeah. Dad... I'm going to tell you something now that Dad used to do. This is true, and it used to drive me crazy. One of the things that Dad used to do, he in the classroom, he'd say he he he'd pose a question, and he would say, "I want you to go home and ask your parents." And the answer to this, you know, this question, say whatever that it would be. Know. Yeah, yeah but he'd say, yet, take yeah. this thing home and, you know, ask your parents. It was about a way of engaging parents yeah. and kids. So, of course, me with Dad as a teacher, and I'd go home and I'd say, well, Dad, well, what about this question? And he'd say, well, obviously I'm not going to tell you the answer, so you'll just have to find out for yourself. Aww. And then next day in class he'd go, Wendy, did you... <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever find out? I said, well, you didn't tell me the thing. <laughs> so that's pretty much why I'm doing what I do now, Richard. It's been a long, hard, I think, a long, hard life. Teachers, no, no, no. It was, Dad was a fantastic. Teachers use that tactic when they don't know. Like when they, if they don't know an answer, like they go, oh, look, just go home and look it up. That's your homework. Um, I remember for, when I was first out of uni, this kid put his hand up, you know, first year. Sir, how do you spell Lieutenant. Yeah. That's a tough one. That's a trick yeah, question. I said, tricky. look it up. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Oh, yeah, right. nice. <laughs> nice. He was the only person who taught for the education department for five years for cash. <laughs> <laughs> you see, my dad would have said, go home and ask your parents. <laughs> I would have gone home and dad have said, and he'd spell lieutenant, and he would have said, I'm not going to tell you. And next day in class he would say, Wendy, tell me how you spell Lieutenant. 
oh, my God, I'm mean, just trapped in some horrible sort of existential <laughs> matrix. You know, that Rebecca, was Rebecca, what was the uh, mid-year report uh, for you? Always. Just like Wendy, she talks too much, every single one. Uh, and, and I think it was also, Rebecca would benefit from not distracting herself and, that, and others was always one I'd get. And I always thought, and then, but yet they were the and ones... why does she always talk in rhyme? And why does she always talk in rhyme and character voices? We never know who she is when she walks in the room. It's very how strange. Do dist- how do you distract yourself? Well, by, you know, making up songs in my head while someone's teaching biology. It's, you know, <laughs> if I still know the phases of mitosis because I made up a song about it. To the this phases day. phases of your? Of mitosis. Mm. What's mitosis? What, what's mitosis? Mitosis is the cell division. And uh, the phases of mitosis, it's IPMAT, and I made up a song about it. Okay, and so it's it. interphase, prophase, metaphase, anaphase, telophase, that's IPMAT. That was my song, right? <laughs> I still remember. But I, that was considered distracting myself and others because I'd do it out loud. You see, that was the problem. I should have just could have kept it internal. But then my teachers were the ones that gave me, put me in the debating and then they put me in, you know, they said, like, you do all the speeches and it was that kind of thing. Yet they got angry when I spoke too much. Yet they were letting, it was like, I'm not a tap, teachers. I'm not a tap. You can't just turn me on and turn what? me off when you want my talent to talk. And then likewise, That's certainly what we've discovered. Once you turn her on. <laughs> very difficult. And, uh, and I, I too, I, I'm a trained teacher myself, a trained drama English teacher. And I'm sitting here with two teachers. This is my nightmare. <laughs> I've never. Wendy, I've get never, out. No, it's okay. I've never taught. I've never taught like you know in a school. Like I've done all my pracs, and I was doing my prac, and it's amazing. When you, when you hear yourself saying things that teachers used to say to you all the time and it's like, you know, you'd say things like, it's your own time you're wasting year nine. <laughs> you know, or if you can't sit and listen, we will do book work. That's, that gets drama kids all the time. They don't want to do book work. I've often used some of what Dad used to say to me in class when I've been doing stand-up, which is something, that's, you know, like... We can stay here all night. <laughs> I'll separate you two. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. You can go back outside, you can take your backpack off and you can enter in a reasonable fashion. It's extraordinary. It's like that moment when you realise you're becoming your mother. It's exactly like that when you're a teacher and you hear the other teachers of teachers past. It's terrible. Yeah, my mother teacher, always used to yeah. say to me, I remember this when I first started out in the share house by myself and um, my mother always... <laughs> Well, I thought other people were there, but I ran the place. <laughs> and um, my mother my mother used to say, she, I remember she always used to say, oh, look at that, you know, I'd be washing the floor. Look, you can eat your dinner off that floor. And I'd go, yeah, you can eat your dinner off mine. There's plenty of good crap down there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, who were the winners and losers of the week? Just quickly, Rebecca. Uh, my winners are Lucy Zelich and the entire SBS team for their uh, coverage of the World Cup. Pronounce those surnames correctly. Keep pronouncing surnames correctly. Because as someone whose name is butchered regularly on a daily basis, it's a delight to have Les Murray's legacy live on. So thank you to them. And the losers, the losers are all those people who gave heat to SBS and to Lucy Zelich for pronouncing surnames correctly. We're a multicultural country. Let's start waking up to the fact. Whoa! Whoa. Wendy, winners and losers. I think I've been pronouncing a name wrong. I thought it was Zelich. (laughs) Oops. Okay. Oops. Um, Pauline Hanson, obviously, she's the winner and the loser. You've already uh, flagged it. I haven't flip-flopped. I said no originally, then I said yes, and I said no, and I was stuck to that. And then later on she said, I'll change my mind as many times as I want to ensure they come up with the right, the right decision. So there you go. Pauline Hanson, both winner and loser And Tahir, just quickly. Uh, 
Ludicrous. Winner of the week, the Socceroos for making the World Cup. Fantastic, good stuff. And the loser, the Socceroos. We never win a game. <laughs> Please thank Wendy Harmer, Rebecca De Unamuno, and Tahir. And thank God it's Friday. Thanks for being part of it. Next week, we've got Tommy Dean, Mandy Nolan, and Ellen Briggs. Music from the cast of Funny Girl. That will be great. Until then, I'm Richard Glover. Make sure you go and see Amanda Jane at Marrickville tomorrow, Saturday night, with her show, All the Dumb Things. Until then, thank God it's Friday! Yeah.